Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and today we have a couple of special guests to go through this in this episode. We have the Hurstbridge men's coach, Jared Tilley, following their big win over Whittlesey on Anzac Day. And a little later in the program, we'll speak to Banyul women's coach, Dan Sheehan, following their 3-0 and start in the NFNL women's grading competition. But before all that, we're going to go through all the divisions um, and the results from the week. And we'll also preview what's to come this weekend. And to do all that with me, I have our NFNL reporter, Josh Ward. Josh, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. Always a pleasure to be on the NFNL podcast, man. Well, let's start straight away with Division 1 because there were some ripping games to talk about mm. um, over there in Melbourne's Greyhounds Division 1. So um, three uh, three games to, to talk about in that one. Obviously, we had the two games on Good Friday. So um, they've been run and done. But we'll begin with Northcote Park and West Preston Lakeside. Now, the Cougars put up a good fight. They, they kept into the contest with West Preston Lakeside, but the reigning premiers were, were too good in the end, um, running out 52-37 to 37 winners. They had a five-point lead at three-quarter time, so they um, they really did keep up with them right up until the end. Yeah. So a promising sign for Northcote Park, who was still looking for that first win of the year, but um, nonetheless, I guess the win that West Preston Lakeside needed after their disappointing loss a fortnight ago. It is a win for a, a very handy win for for the Roosters, but I think Northcote Park will take a lot out of this game because you know this is against uh, this is against the West Preston Lakeside who who I expected to be looking looking for blood this uh, looking for blood this past weekend given their their rough loss the weekend before. But yeah, like you said, they kept up. They even had the, they even had a pretty handy lead at quarter time by eleven points. But yeah, it's um. It, they'll, they'll be slightly disappointed, but they'll still take a lot out of this Northcote Park. And the thing is, as well, they they didn't, you know, Ahmed Side didn't even kick a goal on the way, uh, in that game as well. So they'll be very happy that they kept, that they kept him a goalless as well. So yeah, a, a, it's a very handy win for West Preston Lakeside, but a lot to take from it for Northcote Park. Well, Saad was there was a few question marks about him coming into that game and actually playing. He was injured mm. a couple of weeks back, and and they weren't sure if he was going to pull up. So I guess for Northcote Park, if there was any time to face Ahmed Saad, it's probably when he wasn't a hundred percent. So fortunately for them, they were able to limit his impact, but unfortunately weren't able to get the result. But as we said, some promising signs there for North Northcote Park if if they can continue that momentum over the next couple of weeks. But the big game in Melbourne's Greyhounds Division <laughs> 1 was no doubt Heidelberg versus Montmorency. It's always been a great rivalry between those two sides. And, and Saturday proved no different. It was the Magpies getting on top by just one point. Now, you know, a lot of drama in that game. So they were 19 points up at three-quarter yeah. time. And Heidelberg, they finished with 12-3, which is very, very straight, yeah. might I add. It was um, very impressive on their behalf. But did well to hold the uh, Heidelberg attack to, to not get them over the line. It was very impressive from everyone in that Magpies defence. I mean, you know, there was a couple of outstanding players. I mean, Whale Buxton continues to have such a strong impact on that team since his arrival to the Magpies at the start of the year. Paddy Fitzgerald kicked three, Chiocchi two. The Zenit kicked a couple of goals as well for the Magpies and, and they were just able to hold them off. Sam Gilmore came back for uh, Heidelberg this week um, and he was dominant both in the ruck and in the forward line. He kicked three majors. Um, and I say an important win for Montmorency because they lose that game. They they get a one and two, and and for a side of that ilk, you've played a couple of really strong sides to start your year. Mm. Uh, probably not an ideal way to kick off the campaign if if they were one and two with those losses being against Bundura and Heidelberg. So to defeat a then undefeated Heidelberg yeah. um, in a game like that. Uh, it was really mouth-watering, and and hopefully sets us up for a couple of finals appearances for those two. Oh, that's it's a ripping it's a ripping game. Yeah, From the looks of things, I would have thought the game would be over at, at three at three quarter time with the Magpies having all the momentum, leading by uh, leading by nineteen points and kicking five got five goals to only the one in that quarter. But yeah, a great comeback. Um, that's an that's an enthralling ruck duel between Liam Wild Buxton and Sam Gilmore. They're gonna they're two stars of the competition. And, yeah, their their strong start to the season continue. But Heidelberg will again. They'll take a lot out of this result because Danny Nolan said this would be a, a test for them, given how strong Montmorency are, and it it shows that Heidelberg 
look, they'll definitely be up. There. They'll definitely be up there this year. Yeah, it's a loss at home, but it's only one point, and, and against against a side many predicted to be an improver and be one of those sides uh, challenging for the premierships. So, a really impressive win for a really impressive win for the Magpies, but still a lot to take out from the for the Tigers. So we now have six sides that are two and one in this competition, and I know it's very early, but it just shows how competitive <laughs> this competition is, and that's really great to see. And then. The other game in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 to look at was the uh, standalone Anzac Day game out at the Whittlesey Showgrounds. And we said that this was, you know, going to be a game, a very interesting game. There were two sides coming off big wins against really tough opponents. And, and the winner of this game being 2-1 and one was going to be a huge advantage for them. Um, and it was Hurstbridge that prevailed away from home. A very impressive 24-point win over the Eagles. And again, some of their players stood out. They were just absolutely brilliant. I think Cooper Perrin kicked four. Um, he kicked three a uh, fortnight ago, rather, as well. So he was superb. Joel Naylor kicked a few goals as well. Sonny Brazen, we know he can always find the goals <laughs> as well. Um, so, yeah, for, for a side that that's, has struggled a little bit in the last few years in this division, and, and we'll speak to co-coach Jared Tilly about it in a few moments' time. Um, but that's a monumental win for this side, and to be above the ledger this early in the campaign... Sets them up well to maybe push some of those top sides, Josh. Definitely is. And, yeah, it's it's even more impressive given it is away out at Little Sea Showgrounds, which, which can be a bit of a hard ground to play. But, you know, they bought the pressure from all reports, did, did the bridges. And, yeah, yeah, their the spread of goal kickers was also lethal as well. They had a couple of they had a couple of individual goal kickers. They had 10 on the day out of 16 goals. And they kicked 16 goals eight, which is just deadly accurate. Um, there might have been a potential goal of the the year candidate from uh, from reports as well from Joel Joel Naylor so that's one to keep a close eye on this week but yeah it's uh, it's a great it's a great win a very handy win for Hurstbridge and they'll take a lot of confidence especially heading into this week yeah it's only a five day break but they'll they'll take a lot of confidence at home against against the, against a really strong Bundura lineup well it's it's the perfect momentum to have to, to be two and one to have won your last two games in really great fashion. Um, it, it gives them the perfect opportunity to to get another big scalp, and mm-hmm. and for them to to beat Bandura would be it would be quite an effort as well. But that's enough from us about Hurstbridge. We'll hear from the man himself, the co-coach of the Hurstbridge Men's Football Club, Jared Tilly. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast, fresh off their big win against Whittlesea on Anzac Day, is the co-coach of the Hurstbridge Men's Football Club in Jared Tilly. Jared. Really appreciate you coming on and having a chat, mate. All right, good to be on. Now, obviously, a fantastic result uh, yesterday at, down at the Whittlesea Showgrounds, a two-and-one start for your boys. What did you make of the result yesterday, and, and what are the emotions, I guess, of, of the guys after a big win like that? Yeah, obviously, it was a, a massive day for, for both clubs, both sitting at one-and-one one going into the game. Um, and, yeah, it's not often you get to probably play in front of a home and away crowd like like that so um, yeah there was a lot of people there so it was a big day and uh, they're a good side we'll see they're a good side they're well coached so we knew it was going to be tough so to uh, get a win up there on what was a big day was yeah fantastic for the boys and yeah they'll wrapped up to get it done after the game as, as I said just before two and one now to start the season Obviously, you know more than anybody, I guess, how difficult and, and competitive that Division One competition is. Um, so, how important was it for your group to get a two-and-one start in, in such a competitive competition, and and how does that build now for the rest of the year? Yeah, as, as you said, like I don't think, oh, for as long as I can remember, I don't think by the time we've got to round three that every side in the competition has been beat. So it, it shows how even it is. So it's, it's in so important to get yeah every game that you can win you've, you've got to take it with uh, both hands so uh, I think to get to 2-1 it's a little goal for us like since we've been in Div 1 let's face it we haven't been successful and I'm not saying that 2-1's been successful but it's the first time for us we've been in front of a, a ledger so it's a little goal that we've got to tick off and yeah certainly we've got a couple of big weeks coming up we've got Bundura and Montmorency so um yeah, it's two, two very more tough games. So to get to two and one heading into them, it's, uh, it's definitely give us a, 
there's a good chance and a better side of the ledger definitely be on. Obviously, you've had a couple of great players that have had terrific starts of the year. Tyson Old's been one that, that has impressed so many um, viewers throughout the start of the campaign. Obviously, you've got such a great leadership group with Lockie East leading the way this year. How great have they been in terms of the leadership side, both on and off field for, for a club like yours? Oh, Lockie, Lockie's amazing. Um, he's led the club now for a few years. He's sort of done a bit of a, a cleanship, I guess you call it, under Braden Shaw when he was still playing, when he was uh, captain of Hurst Bridge. Obviously, his Braden's record speaks for itself as a, as a leader of, of Bundura, and then when he came across to Hurst Bridge, so he's... He done a great apprenticeship, but the way he's taken over um, is amazing. Yeah, he, uh, he obviously leads by example on, on and off the ground, and yeah, that's, that's what you want at your club. Um, when he speaks, people li- uh, listen, so he's, he's fantastic. And the other guys that have stepped up as well, um, Ben Bevan, who's come across, Tyson Olds, he's in our leadership group as well, obviously played at a high standard in VFL. And yeah, they, they really set the standards and the boys are really uh, towing the line and following the lead. You, you mentioned Braden there, now obviously a co-coach of yours throughout this season. How has that partnership been? I mean, I know you've, you've had it on field as well, which has been which has been great to see. And now you've got that opportunity to, to lead this side, um, as we said, in, in a very competitive division. How's he been finding the coaching ranks and, and how's your partnership with been with him um, purely on a coaching perspective? Yeah, obviously, uh, me, and, me and Braden are very close, so we, uh, we speak daily about it, obviously, and uh, it's a massive job, but the, the coaching role, um, so if we are to do it together, it's been a great opportunity, and yeah, we, I think everyone has their moments in that, but um, we definitely, you know, that we don't take it to heart, we'll get fed to each other, and um, I think it's working really, really well, it's... Uh, a change of voice for the boys, so it's not the same repetitive voice over and over again. And yeah, he, he's uh, he's a yeah, fantastic coach in the way he sees the game. We've also got Joel Lovett, who's come across as an assistant coach this year, who the, which the boys love. He's got some fresh new ideas, so it all uh, it all seems to be working well together. Uh, we one of our reporters, Josh Ward, actually spoke to Braden last year when he got appointed and, and, and spoke about what those expectations coming into the year were. And, and there was a lot of confidence there in, in what Braden was saying in terms of how high he feels like Hurstbridge can reach on the ladder and, and how much they can achieve in such a short space of time. Have you sensed that from the group so far in, in your experience this year? And, and what are your expectations personally for, for the remainder of the season? Is it is it purely to avoid relegation? Is it, is it to remain competitive um, with some of those mid to, to higher range sides in the competition? Or is there anything else in, in completely different? Oh, I definitely like it. It's been a long time for the club. Like we won the premiership to come into Division 1 in 2016. I know there's been obviously the year and a half we've missed with the COVID and stuff like that, but it's a, it's a long time for the boys to not have any final success or anything like that at all. So, of course, they want to be competitive and it was, at the end of the day, everyone plays footy because they want to want to play finals. So, if that's um, yeah, we'll be trying to make up one of them five spots somewhere along the line and it's, yeah, they've, they've got to stay invested and focused and as, as you said, you can't just afford to think that oh, we're two and one now, that's, that's going to be enough. I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to need to win maybe at least 10, 10 11 games maybe to make finals, so we're, we're still a long way off, but if we uh, keep knuckling down and We'll give ourselves. We've just got to give ourselves an opportunity. So, and uh, to do that, you're probably going to have to win a, win a lot of games. And just finally, you mentioned it earlier. You've got a big couple of weeks coming up. Bundura and Montmorency, you know, two well-established sides in the competition that have had very good starts of the year as well. What's your approach heading into that? Obviously, you don't want to get too complacent, being two and one. But um, now that the side, you know, has enjoyed the win against Whittlesey. Um, and they can sort of reflect upon themselves. What, what's the best strategy heading into those two games, and what are you looking to see out of your side? Um, yeah, obviously it's going to be a little bit different this week with a short turnaround. Um, the Thunder is going to have a... They've got the extended break. We've got the short turnaround, so we'll uh, try and freshen up over the next couple of days. Um, assess, yeah, we'll have a look at the, our matchups and the way we want to go. Um, 
we've got them. Yeah, we're at Hurst Bridge, so we'll, um, yeah, we give ourselves a good opportunity. They're, they're a good side. They'll finished on top of the ladder before we went into lockdown last year, and they've barred a little mishap round one. They've looked pretty. They're pretty impressive, really. Their form's starting to stack up already. So we know it's a it's a big challenge, but. Obviously, these, these challenges are going to come up all, all the way throughout the year. So we just have to uh, get ourselves ready. Yeah, as I said, enjoy the win yesterday. But come, come tonight, we'll, we'll move on and start looking forward to Bandura. Jared, it's been great having you on the podcast, having a chat about everything happening at Hurstbridge and wishing you nothing but the best for the remainder of the season. Really appreciate you coming on and, and thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Hurstbridge men's coach Jared Tilly joining us on the NFL podcast. Really great to hear the confidence that that side has heading into the rest of the year. And, and hopefully for the Bridges' sake, they'll have a much more successful year than they've had in the last few yeah. in Division 1. But we'll head to AMC Labor Division 2 now. We had four games to look there. We obviously had the Thomastown Epping Good Friday Clash last week. So that was run and done as well. And then... Four very interesting games to look at um, from Saturday. So we'll start with Diamond Creek and Banyul. Now, the Bears, the only undefeated side now in this division. And very interesting to see how they go about it for the rest of the campaign. They they were challenged a little bit by Diamond Creek at stages. Um, the the Creekers had a four-point lead at halftime. Uh, yeah. But the Bears did well to, to bounce back and secure the win and secure a 3-0 start to the campaign we knew they were capable of doing this but that's two really big wins for them in the last couple of last few weeks rather um, and it sets up an almighty clash against Lower Plenty next week which we'll get to a little later in the program but Banyul just continue to find ways to win and that's what's made them such a big premiership contender this year that's uh, definitely is and yeah that's a, a really good win for for the Bears who were challenged definitely by Diamond Creek I thought they, they definitely would challenge this week but yeah it's um a very ha- handy win again their spread of goal kickers was also pretty lethal they had eight goal kickers from 12 goals I think they had more scoring shots which was the difference Diamond Creek at 13 they kicked deadly straight 10 goals 3 on the day but Banyol they had 23 scoring shots 12 goals 11 so that's pretty much the average in in whether that be local footy or up in the top level so it was a it, that's it's a very good win for ba- a very good win for Banyol I think the scoring shots were the difference but yeah Jack Langford he continued his good form with two goals uh, Lockie Turner three three goals as well um but yeah it was uh, it's a very handy it's yeah that they're going to take a lot of confidence as well heading into this massive battle of the be- battle of the best they're second of the year as well well let's talk about lower plenty it was the game we covered on the NFL match of the day on Saturday now coming into this one they were so, these were two sides that had a lot of close battles, and, and we were expecting the same. And unfortunately, for a broadcast point of view, it didn't quite work out that way. But the Bears were just very dominant after quarter time, weren't they? A 45-point win away from home against Altham. Um, they had a one-point lead at quarter time, and then they just ran on with it there. It was 14 goals to seven after quarter time, and they, they pretty much dominated. We, we saw the great Billy... Barden do his thing in the forward line. We saw the great Darcy Barden do his thing in the back line. Tom Keyes, the reigning uh, best and fairest winner in Division Two, yeah. was was brilliant as well throughout the ground. And 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 Josh Turner, the man of the match, pretty much with his with his dominant clearance <laughs> winning, um, he was superb. And you know, with all those players playing consistently and and continuing to gel together, they're going to be very very hard to stop this year. Oh, they're going to be very hard to stop. This definitely puts this definitely reestablishes their premiership credentials after a bit of a shock loss in the first round against Watsonia. But yeah, this is a massive one. I reckon after that first goal, the Bears were the dominant side for the rest of the the match. They conceded that early goal to to Daniel to Daniel to Daniel Evans, and yeah, it was. Just all, all the, all lower plenty from there. Yeah, yeah, Altham. They had, they had patches where they, where they were on top. But yeah, it's a, a very good win. And I was amazed at how quickly they moved the ball from their defence to, to attack. You know, it, it's. I've seen it a couple of times now, but it's, it, it still amazed me, especially on, on a, on a big ground at Altham's in Altham Central Park. So yeah, it was a terrific win, and definitely, and definitely, um, a, a definitely. 
um, it definitely puts them back into the premiership window. Well, you just spoke about David Evans, the debutant for Altham. He was very impressive, <laughs> apart from the fact that we called his name wrong at court in the first quarter. Uh, he, he was probably one of their best players, the Panthers. Um, he kicked two goals, and he was very good in, in the air as well, taking some really strong grabs and, and having that goal sense up forward as well. Uh, look, Altham were coming into this game undefeated as well. They were 2-0 and they had a, a nice win against Diamond Creek. Um, a couple of weeks back to really help set them up coming into this one. They just look a touch off the pace compared to Law, um, and, and that was definitely the case on Saturday. I know they've lost a couple of players in the off-season as well, and that, that's probably put a dent in them. But I think this gives them a really good opportunity to bring that youth in that we know they've got a great junior program. They've got two under-19 sides. They've, they've always been really strong in the junior department, and now... It's great to see that they continue to bring in these young players and give them senior experience. It will be much better for them in the long run. Daniel Horsfield is one that is one that's been in the Elfham system for years upon years. You know, the 22-year-old, he's playing regular yeah. football. He's getting best on grounds, um, and he's getting coaches' votes. He's he's been one that's been great to see. Luke Wachinga was good to see him back in the lineup as well. Um, so just some of these players that have been in the Alpham system for a long time and, and maybe previously hadn't been able to get into the team due to the talent they had on the park, now getting that opportunity. And, and although it might not translate to wins against these these more, uh, not successful, but I guess, you know, these more clubs that are challenging a little yeah. bit more than they are, um, in the long run, it's going to work out for them. And and no hope is lost at all for, for Alpham so far. They're still a very hard team to beat on their day. So um, a lot to like for Alpham. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we'll look forward to seeing them throughout the year. Then there were two other games to look at. Watsonia also start 2-1. and one. They had a nice win away from home against Panton Hill to the tune of 17 points and um, a great effort from the Saints to bounce back after their disappointing round two performance. And they're looking okay too. We, we spoke to um, to their coach in round one and, and after their big win against Lower Plenty, which looking back now is an even better effort. But... You know, they're building something at Watsonian, and it's taken them a bit of time, but the longer they've been in Division 2, the better it has been for them to develop these players. And, and seeing some of them come up now um, and having great influences on the game, Daniel Winnetta's one that's been around for a little while. Riley Taylor's been another one as well. Kyle Wheatley's come in and, and had a fantastic start to the year. He's kicked, he's kicked nine goals um, to start the 2022 campaign. And some of these guys coming in and having an impact is really good to see for a Saints point of view. And... Who knows? They could put up a few more challenges this year. They could become the St. Mary's of the 2021. I think they can, yeah. it's It was good. To, it, this game, I had a close eye on it because these are two sides that, that were, I reckon, around the, around a similar mark, you know, looking to be mid-table and to potentially improve and to potentially improve on their 2021 season at Lovebeat. It was a bit of a shorter one. But, yeah, this is um, a really good win for Motsonia out of, crack, out of Cracknell Reserve too, which is a lot different to play at compared to some of the other great Grounds in their own home deck too, and yeah, it's great to see them. Great to see some of these younger players coming through from the Watsonia program, doing well. And James Lucenti as well. You know, he mm. had he had a terrific game as well. He's coming to the side from McLeod, kicked two, kicked two goals, and yeah, I, I'm excited by their by the youth and the talent that they have. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's good stuff from Watsonia, and they'll definitely they'll again take a lot of confidence in. This week, is, they could put, potentially pull off a surprise against Eltham. And the last game to look at was the uh, Fitzroy Stars and St. Mary's battle, and it was the Borough that was able to get the win and, and put themselves third on the ladder as well, which is which is a good effort from them to start the year. But they were too strong for Fitzroy Stars, 51-point winners in the end. Nicholas Dean kicked five. He's continuing his terrific start to this year's campaign as well. And there's just a lot of St. Mary's players that have, again, been in the system for a little while, continuing to do their thing. Jacob Yeomans has been another one that's been there. He's he's had a terrific year as well. Thomas Carafa's come in and played a fantastic role as well. So it's good to see from a St. Mary's point of view that they're continuing to rise up to the challenges that Division 2 brings. And, and someone that wants to prove that from last year they can build upon and, and try and sneak in a final spot. We know oh, there's definitely an opportunity for that. And... and an improved effort as well from the Fitzroy Stars, I feel. I mean, they were really with St. Mary's up until halftime, only trailing by 14 points. We know they're a rebuilding side. And, yeah. and it's so good to see Nathan Lovett-Murray's experience on and off field having a big impact with that club. Um, you know, it's going to help them a lot in the long run. Riley Livingston kicked three as well. He was a yeah. shining light. He kicked four for the season now. So, you know, there's still a bit to like about the Fitzroy Stars. We know it's mm -hmm. going to take them a while to rebuild. 
Uh, but there's no doubt there's a lot of talent there um, but, but with the Stars. They'll be happy with that first half effort, you know, keep, keep, keeping the margin only down to 14. And they were only down by five at, at quarter time as well. But yeah, it's St. Mary's. They just they just showed their strength against, well, a, a bit of a weaker Fitzroy Stars side. You know, they got close last time, Fitzroy Stars, but, against St. Mary's. But yeah, this is, um, this is a bit, this is another statement from them as well. They were also deadly in front of goal 17, goals 9. Mm. So really, it really accurate kicking from them and yeah Nick Dean he's been remarkable these well these last two weeks mainly he didn't get to show his stuff against Daniel because they're a terrific side but he's going to play a massive role and yeah it's it's exciting to see the uh, the young Borough side get continue to do well these last couple of weeks and I'm sure it'll continue for the rest of the season and maybe the next couple of weeks well we've spoken about goal kicking a lot in the last few weeks it's it seems very obvious but it's crazy how much it influences side. <laughs> I mean you know I look at that Diamond Creek Banyul game, for example. You know, Diamond Creek, you know, instead of kicking 10 3, they kicked, you know, 4 9 or 5 8, and they lose that game by 10 goals instead of 20 points. You look at them a bit more differently, and it, it's crazy to think about how much influence this side um, sides have when they don't kick straight or when they do kick straight. We saw Altham in round one, I think they kicked, oh, I can't remember exactly how many behinds it was, yeah. but, you know, they, still, they were still able to get the win in their round one game. So, you know, the fact that you know these guys have a big uh, goal kicking rather has a big influence on the match um, is is just crazy to think about to be honest and like the fact that you know there we go seven eighteen is what I was looking for in Canton Hill now yeah they only win that by thirty points but that becomes eighteen seven and you know they win that by a lot more and you look at Altham a bit differently so. It really does have an impact on, on the perception of clubs and, and how yeah. they go about it. So it's just an interesting one to look at. But then as we head to Hodberg Golf Club Division 3, and um, well, we had, I guess, three blowouts and one very, very close game. And we'll start with that one um, because we had our reporter Doug Long out there and he said that it was a terrific contest. And I can see why, because the Turtles got up by just the one point, um, the second one point game of the round. So... A very, very big win here for the Turtles because these are two sides that were challenging for that fourth spot last year. They're two sides that have never made finals in this division, albeit the Turtles have only been in the competition for the last three years. Mm. But this, and I know it's, it's early in the campaign, but this was important to win because it allows one of these sides to just be above the ledger earlier. Um, and that could have an impact when it comes to the last few games of the season close to finals. But... The Turtles getting the job done here. A great result for them. Yeah, it's a, that was definitely an eight-point game for these two. And, yeah, two really close games at uh, down at Heidelberg Park and Maringle Park. I'm sure the tension there was very was sky-high towards the end. But, yeah, it's um, a very impressive win. Heidelberg uh, by Old Eltham Collegians. You know, Nick Millen, he continued his mm. great form with two goals. Um, Clay Crimmins with two goals as well. And Jackie Snow, he's done pretty well to start the season. Nick Patton, he's also started the season off really well. Kicked 10 goals in three games uh, after coming down from Montmorency. But yeah, that's an absolute ripper of a game between these two sides. And it shows just how close and very and even they are for um, this season. Yeah, it's going, it's um, that later on this season, that could be a potentially juicy matchup. I think for Heidelberg West now, they just need to put that game behind them because they've got Kilmore this week. And, mm. and a loss against Kilmore would really put them a further way back. Now, I know Old Altham Upper against Lorimer, who we know are a very talented side in this division. But I think it's important for them to continue to stay at a pace so that when they do meet each other later in the season, it continues to be a game of inches and, and it might decide who gets that full spot because there's a lot of spots up for grabs in Division 3. We know South Morang, Laylor and Kilmore are likely to occupy the top three and that's a big call early in the season. But at the moment, you could say that that's a fair assumption. So that four spot yeah. between Old Arthur and Heidelberg West is huge, and that's why this game was so important. And it definitely lived up to its billing, which was <laughs> um, great to see from a neutral point of view. So I'm intrigued to see how these two sides continue to go in the next month or so, continue to see if they can bank up these wins, keep themselves close, and then when it gets to that, that game later in the year, it's going to be an almighty game to, oh. to have a look at. And then... Looking at the other results, we just spoke about Lorimer, uh, 51-point winners over Mernda, who were also straight, 13-3 they were um, on Saturday. And again, you have that perception, you know, if it's, if it's uh, say, 6-10, you know, is it, is it a different story you're talking about? But in this case, probably not too much. 
Um, Lorimer were too good in the end. Jackson Cecil kicked four goals. Micah Vecchio kicked three as well. So um, they had a nice range of goal scorers as well. I believe they had 10 individual goal scorers as well, Lorimer. <laughs> so they'll be impressed with their spread. Um, and Joshua Mazzarella, who was the, I believe, the team of the year in the Division Three last year, mm. um, he went up forward and kicked four. I believe he was starting in defence oh, wow. um, to start the year, and they've quickly moved him up forward. He's kicked six goals in his last two games, so good to see him having an impact again um, for Mernda. They're going to need a few more goals out of him, I feel like, yeah. um, if they want to have a bit of an impact this year. And then the other two games where they were, they were pretty big blowouts, unfortunately, Kilmore and Reservoir, um, we know Reservoir had the big win a fortnight ago, um, and they were defeated by Kilmore by 152 points back at home. Um, and yeah, Kilmore pretty much just dominated that one right from the start. They had a nice spread of goal kickers as well in that game, and a great chance for all their players to, to stand up and, and play a good game. And then <clears throat> the other one was South Morang and Lorimer. And I, I was speaking to Doug long before about you know, what the record books are because I'm not sure if this is the highest score, or at least the highest margin we've seen in an NFL game in quite a while. But just in case you haven't heard, South Morang did defeat Lorimer by 263 points, which is monumental to, to think about. We know Laylor have had their struggles, but, um, you know, if we, and, and on the flip side, we know how dominant South Morang have been in the last few years. So the matchup was definitely going to be one-sided. Nathan Stefanol kicked 10 goals. Ben, Pettis, ben Peterson kicked nine. Mitch Kalpakis, six. Alex Kalaitis kicked four. So um, a, a great chance for all of them to add to their goal tallies <laughs> for them. But just proves to, just goes to show how dominant South Morang and Lorimer continue to be in this competition. That... South Morang result, I, I've never seen anything like that mm. in local footy, you know. Yeah, there's sides that get, sometimes get them, but not like that. That's just remarkable from from the Lions. 14 individual goal kickers, too, from their 42 goals. So a super performance from them. But yeah, those two wins, they they show that they're definitely going to be, uh, they're definitely the two sides to beat this year. You know, Mernda, they had a, they they sort of had a chance in in the final term. You know they were only down by four goal, four goals heading into that final break, but they were just blown out of the uh, blown out of the wind in that final term. Only kicked the twelve points, and I think it was I think it was thirty nine points to lot to Lorimer. So yeah, it was um they'll still take a lot. It's a much more improved performance compared to their first two weeks against South Morang and Old Eltham Collegians. And yeah, these next couple of weeks it, it looks a bit easy. You know this week they've got a, a, a lay loss side coming off an umbel- a, of such a rough loss and, and and then they've got out at Laylaw Reserve and then they've got Reservoir as well so they'll 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 still take a bit of confidence heading into these next two weeks but yeah it's, it, these two results just show that yeah like Lorimer and South Morangans are the team to beat. We'll take a quick break here on the NFNL podcast plenty more for you right after this. At La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds. Teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. La Trobe University, all kinds of clever. You're listening to the NFNL podcast. We'll swing over to the women's grading competition, which just completed its third round. Some very great results to look at throughout the competition. Some sides really beginning to stand up now as we hit Mm -hmm. just past the early stages of the campaign. And we'll start with the Friday night game, which was looked to be a really good game um, at a Beverly Road Oval. Banyol and St. Mary's, they were... 2-0, 2-0, both of them coming into the into that game. And although it was low scoring, um, it was Banyol that were able to prevail right at the end. Uh, a fourth quarter goal from Alyssa Barnes was enough to get the Bears over the line. We'll speak to their women's coach, uh, Dan Sheen, in a few moments' time to talk about their 3-0 and start to the year. But a fantastic result for the Bears really sets them up. They've beaten some good opposition yeah. now for a side that were pretty dominant in Division 3 last year. Um, but now that they've 
They've had some good wins against some Division Two outfits and even a Division One outfit as well. Yeah. Um, that really sets them up well, and it could see them in Division Two this year, which they would thoroughly deserve, considering the start of the year they've had. I wouldn't be surprised, Stephen, if they're in Division One. Yeah, that's a bit more of a step up from Division Three to Division One. But yeah, their, their wins have been really impressive. You know, against the St Mary's side, who were also coming into the game, I'm being a couple of impressive wins, mind you, against well, a decent well against the West Preston like side two side, which has had some struggles but have done still done pretty well in a Montmorency two well a Montmorency two side which is usually pretty strong but yeah it's um a very good win for Banyol and uh, yeah it, it, despite the fact it was low scoring as you said it, it's an absolutely enthralling matchup for those who are able to make it out to Beverly Road Oval on Friday night so yeah a great result there for the Banyol Bears and as I said we'll speak to their women's coach in a few moments time but then looking at the other results throughout the weekend Diamond Creek Women's 2 just go down to the Fitzroy Stars, who are also 3 and out have had just as good of a start, I feel like, as Banyul have had. 4-15 for the Fitzroy Stars to, to 4-5-29 Diamond Creek Women's 2. So absolutely could have won that game by a lot more, uh, which just says all you need to know about how well the Fitzroy Stars are going. And and they were the ones battling with Banyul in Division 3 uh, last yeah. year. So to see both of those sides have a great start to the campaign means... A great opportunity for those two sides to step up their game if they do end up getting graded in Division 2. Um, I'm sure they'll fit into that competition very easily. Altham, too good for Darabin 2. They defeated them by 54 points. Greensboro defeated Lower Plenty Bundura by 23 points. Darabin 1 were too good for the VU Western Spurs. They had a 31-point victory. And then a very close game out at J.E. Moore Park. West Preston Lakeside 2 hold on to beat Wallen. By one point, another one-point game <laughs> this weekend. Uh, the Magpies were up by four points. In fact, they had led in every uh, break, quarter time, half time, and three-quarter time. But a two-goal-to-one final turn was enough to see them over the line, and and a big win there for uh, West Preston Lakeside too. Their second win of the campaign. So a very impressive win there for the Roosters. Lucky to hold on to that one in the end against a good Wallen side. A very good win, yeah, and it's a great comeback as well because, you know, they were down by three straight kicks mm. at, at half time and, yeah, they piled on five goals to only the two in the second half, so a very, a very impressive win for for the Roosters' second lineup, and yeah, definitely puts them into contention. I feel for potentially Division Two, Division Two, um, but yeah, a, a, a really handy win that. Uh, Mernda also three zero, and in fact, on top of the women's grading ladder. Now, this was another Division Three side that's had a great start to the year. They were really good, for, uh, really well. I'll start again. They were really good for Lorimer, uh, and I'll start again for a third time. They were too good. They were too good for Lorimer. Um, over at Lorimer Reserve. They ended up winning that one by 57 points. And, you know, their their best players continue to stand up. Amira Gentle kicked four goals last week. She's leading the goal kicking with nine now after kicking two on the weekend. Natalie Tadaro just continues to impress week yeah. after week as well. Um, you know, Awek Duk, um, Monica Bradford, Ruby Somerville. These are just names that continue to impress now for that Mernda side. And to be 3-0... Another opportunity for us to see them become a Division 2 side. They've played some really good Division 2 sides from last year. So a really great chance for them. And Diamond Creek Women's won. Well, they just continue to keep winning. A 37-point win over West Preston Lakeside. They are just dominating every game they go about it. Linda Thorpe was superb once again. And we just know how dominant that side can be, Diamond Creek Women's won. So they haven't missed a beat since last year. And then... The other game on Sunday was Whittlesey and Hurstbridge, and unlike the men's, it was the Eagles. They got the job done by 15 points over Hurstbridge. Luca Kennedy was one of the best for Whittlesey. So too was Stevie Hare. So Whittlesey finishing off the Sunday games with a nice win, um, and I believe that puts them to 2-1 and one as well. It does. So um, some nice games throughout the Sunday, and then we had two games on Anzac mm-hmm. Day. Um, great to see both Heidelberg and Montmorency clubs come together for that day um, very impressive from everybody involved unfortunately for the Tigers however two losses for them on Anzac Day Montmorency 2 um, kept Heidelberg to goal uh, scoreless rather um, and finished 94 point winners they were just too good for the Tigers on that occasion they had um, Gemma Laffey kicked four goals for Montmorency 2 but they also had a nice even spread of goal kicks with 10 individual goal kicks so 
Um, very impressive there from Montmorency too, and equally as, as impressive was Montmorency one, um, who took care of Heidelberg one by 50 points, and it was a close game at quarter time. It was six to eight um, after quarter time siren, but a seven goal to zero final three terms was enough to see Montmorency one over the line and, and win that game on Anzac Day, but. Like I said, Josh, it's great, not just in this women's competition, yeah. but throughout the whole round to see all the clubs pay respects um, on Anzac Appeal Round and and just to take a moment to reflect about how lucky we are in this country to have had great servicemen and women fight for us and, and do what they have um, for this land. It is a great round, that Anzac Appeal Round and Anzac Day Round. It's um, yeah, one that I, I always enjoy each year. Whether uh, um, And, yeah, it was a terrific round this week. It, it was great to see them oh, out at Eltham Central Park. It was great to see. It was a terrific ceremony well run there by the Eltham Football Club. And, yeah, it was great to see. Like I said last week as well, it's great to see, it's great to see two women's side playing on Anzac Day. It was a, it was a lopsided day for Montmorency, yes, but it was just great to see the women's get their, get their time to shine at Wollongong park um and play and play um and play on anzac day we'll now chat to the women's coach of the banyuk football club dan sheen following their 3-0 start to the 2022 campaign now joining us on the nfnl podcast is the banyuk women's coach dan sheen following their fantastic start to the nfnl women's grading competition dan thanks so much for coming on and having a chat no worries at all, Nicholas. Thanks for having us on. A three and zero start against some pretty quality opposition as well. Tell me how the morale of the place has been after such a, a nice start to the year, and and yeah, what the vibe's been like around the club in the first few weeks. Yeah, vibes been well, understandably, uh, understandably good. Um, we've got a uh, tight, tight knit group. Even though we've had a few additions from last year um, that have fitted in really well, and um, yeah, the girls all get along really, really well together. So, um, yeah, and that's enough uh, showing on the field, so which is good. It was a low-scoring affair on Friday night, but you did enough to get the win in the end. Alyssa Barnes kicked that goal in the last quarter, and it was enough for you. How did you see the girls' performance from your eyes on, on Friday night, and, and what did you take out of the game? So, you know, from, from our point of view, it was... Um, yeah, look, I mean, the score didn't uh, didn't look uh, like it was probably a, a great game, but it was it was still uh, it still flowed pretty well. It, it was tight. Um, night games, I think, are a little bit different. Uh, you know, we had a similar sort of issue the, the week before. We probably didn't score anywhere near as much as what we thought we would normally do. Um, you know, just whether it's the, I don't know, it's something about the night time, but just uh, it's a little bit scrappier. But, um, but you know, certainly it was, you know, tough game from both sides. Um, you know, the ball still moved around a fair bit. So uh, even though it was low scoring, to, uh, it was still pretty good spectacle, I think. Um, you know, defensively, uh, you know, we had to work a lot. Uh, Mary certainly had a lot of the ball early days um, and uh, you know we've worked a lot on our defensive structures sort of over summer and uh, you know they held up pretty well so you've got some players so far this season that have had also fantastic starts individually I mean you know you've got Candace Dyson Heidi Cummings Drew Barnes are just some of those names that are really standing up in each match and, and playing big roles for your side tell me about their on-field influence um, with the rest of the team and, and as well as some, some of the other players that I didn't mention just then that, that you feel like have really impressed you so far this year? Yeah, so Heidi uh, and Candice both uh, are new uh, to the club this uh, this year, so um, you know, sort of uh, said individually they're, uh, they've, they're doing a great job. Um, Heidi in the ruck has uh, just added another dimension to her. She's um, hard and tough and uh, you know, just uh, doesn't get beaten uh, so even if she doesn't win the uh, win the contest she, she certainly doesn't lose a contest uh, Candice very lightly framed but she's uh, hard as nails so um, no, same thing she if she doesn't win the contest herself she makes certainly sure that uh, her opponent doesn't uh, doesn't get it and uh, 
Drew Barnes, uh, Casey Woodward off the heartback flank of, uh, you know, kept on what they were doing last year and, uh, you know, worked work well both ways, uh, you know, defensively set us up well and, uh, and you know, that, that then can attack moving forward. So um, we got back uh, Kate Jeffries, our fullback from last year. She hasn't been able to play the first few games and uh, not only does she uh, provide us with, you know, not being able to, you know, with... with sort of defensively against the full forwards and stuff she does well but it's it's more you know her talk and organisational uh, stuff that she does that um, really really well so um, yeah no it's, it's we've got a fairly uh, although we've had a few changes uh, as I sort of said with uh, Hamid and Candice and um, and uh, Bree also coming across from Bandura we uh, our back six is actually fairly um, fairly much the same as last year uh, so, uh, as I said just before, defensively our structures are, are pretty are pretty solid. So uh, it uh, makes us hard to score against. You said earlier that you've got a pretty tight knit group, and I guess that would have been really tested at the end of last year. Obviously, you're halfway through the year. You've had a great division three. You were coach of the team of the year. You, you know, one of the top sides in the division, and, and you're not able to play out the rest of the season. Describe to me, I guess how hard it was to find that motivation from yourself and, and the entire side as well when you were told yeah. that you couldn't complete the season and, and sort of what the messaging was in the pre-season to get back to, to playing this year? Yeah, look, clearly there was a lot of disappointment um, in regards to that. Obviously, we thought we'd, we'd had a, a pretty good crack at, uh, at, at you know, potentially winning the grand final uh, in our first year. But um, as I said, that you know the girls are really genuinely tight knit they they do uh you know hang around together you know post uh post games and uh you know in and around always off to each other's birthday parties and all that sort of stuff so they genuinely do get along really really well um and it was more of uh you know motivation i suppose in terms of okay well where we're going to sit you know this season um you know clearly uh you know we, we won't be a div three team um you know so where do we where do we sort of sit after that and and so, therefore, you know how we're going to uh, how we're going to improve, you know, to make sure that we're uh, still got uh, you know a chance of success uh, in, in Div Two. Um, you know, so that you know, obviously, uh, you know, we, we went out and recruited a, a, a few uh, a few players, uh, you know, which is which we needed to um, to just add a little bit and another layer to it. Uh, and uh, you know, I think the fact that that we couldn't. You know that we didn't end up playing in the grand final last year probably motivates them a fair bit to, you know, give this a, a good good crack this year and and uh, and make sure that you know every game, you know, we we put our best foot forward. It was great to hear that motivation that you guys tried to get, particularly from the end of last year. You spoke about how you know it's likely you guys are going to be a Division Two side this year and and the expectations that come with that. Assuming that that is the division you guys get graded in in the next mm. couple of weeks, what what is the expectation? Is it is it just to compete? Is it just to be that that side that you know might ruffle a few feathers in the in the height in the more top sides of the division, or is it is it to go further and play finals and 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 possibly get a big scalp? Yeah, so you know, first things first, we just we want to be a team that it's hard to play against. Um, you know, we, we we try to uh, take each game quarter by quarter, um, make sure that we uh, you know win as many quarters what we possibly can, and uh, you know even I mean we've had three wins, but you know clearly there will be losses along the way. But we just want to make sure that uh, you know we we put our best foot forward and and make it tough for the opposition. Um, you know every time we possibly can. So you know we'll we'll reassess. Uh, you know in three or four weeks' time, I just sort of said, depending on exactly where we stand in terms of division and who we're, who we're up against. But, you know, we I think we've shown this year that, that you know, our best is, uh, is is good enough to compete, you know, at the pointy end. Um, so it's just going to be a case of just, you know, keeping everybody on the park. I mean, I know, you know, the sides we've played against have been the same as us, that, you know, with COVID restrictions and, uh, and uh, you know, Girls, you know, players being missing. Um, you know, the, obviously the chopping and changing of Friday to day Sundays doesn't help with uh, you know some of the players with work commitments. So you know, we certainly haven't had our best 
team on the park at any point, but I'm aware that you know, that's certainly the case with the other teams as well. So, you know, as we as we move forward over the next sort of three, four weeks and there's some more continuity exactly when we're playing, that should uh, hopefully alleviate some of that and we'll probably get a better better idea as to as to where we're at. But yeah, it's so you know, I, th- I think we can certainly compete, you know, at the pointy end. Um, but it's more from our point of view, just you know, being a strong, a strong playing brand, you know, is is, is what we're, we're after at this point. Dan, thank you so much for coming on and, and having a chat with us on the NFNL podcast, and and all the best for for what lies ahead for you in season 2022. No worries at all, Nicholas. Thanks very much. That was Dan Sheen, the Banyal women's coach, following their side's impressive start to the 2022 season. Now, just to wrap up this edition of the NFNL podcast, of course, we had the start of the netball competition as well on Friday night, the winter grading competition. It was great to see so many teams and clubs get involved and and fingers crossed we can get a full season on the board after two interrupted ones. Um, It was great to hear from Darwin Berry last week as well, the manager of the NFNL netball competition talk about the excitement levels that were coming in to this uh, this year's campaign and, and great to see some sides already producing some wins and just everybody getting back on the court whether it was a player official or a coach it was really really great to see and in round two of the grading fixtures just been released as well so be sure to head to the NFNL website to get you updated on all the fixture and whereabouts for this weekend's action of netball now before we wrap up as well we'll just have a quick preview of what to look forward to this week. There's a couple of very juicy games to look for in the senior men's yeah. competition. Does Josh Ward, any that catches your eye? There's plenty that catch my eye. Um, in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, the, the Battle of the Noisy Neighbours, Montmorency and Greensboro, that is going to be a spiteful one and a really, a really close battle between two really good sides. You know, Greensboro coming off a terrific Good Friday win and having the week off. And Montmorency as well, a really impressive a really impressive win against Heidelberg. So they'll take, it'll be a very exciting matchup. And I'm also looking forward to Old Eltham Collegians, Lorimer. That's going to be, I reckon, a very close one out there at Eltham College. And yeah, it's uh, it, that, that'll be an enthralling duel, I reckon. There's two I'm looking forward to. The one's the Battle of the Bears in, in MC Labor Division 2. Yeah. Lower Plenty and Banyol. That could be a very early grand final preview, to say the least. They're, they're two sides that dominated last year as well. Coming into this season, they're both 2-1. and one. They've both had big wins against some good sides throughout throughout the campaign. And, yeah, very excited to see what those two have in store. And the other one is in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, and it's McLeod Norfolk Park. And, you know, we saw McLeod a couple of weeks ago, a very disappointing loss over to Greensboro. Now that they've had a week to recover, I'm looking for a response. On the flip side, Northcote Park, we saw that they challenged West Preston Lakeside on Saturday. They'll be looking at this as a very big opportunity to get that that first win of the season just to kickstart their campaign. So um, an intriguing battle over there. So one I'll be keeping an eye on throughout the weekend. But for all the latest news and updates at the NFNL, be sure to head to the NFNL website, nfnl.org.au. Josh? Thanks for coming on. Great to hear from you as always. Always great to be a part of it, Nick. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco. You've been listening to the NFNL Podcast.